Welcome to The Career Studio, a USU career services podcast that helps you navigate your career path. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I'm excited to have Brad Hansen here with me today. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So in 1997, Brad helped start Go Engineer, a tech company that has grown over 300 employees and $150 million in revenue. Brad spent over 21 years with the company in various positions, including CFO, COO, and CEO. Two years ago, he decided to start his own consulting business, Hansen Management Consulting, and now dedicates his time to helping other companies improve their leadership and growth. Brad is a proud USU alumnus who graduated with his bachelor's degree in finance. With all of those impressive accomplishments in mind, Brad, you also mentioned that you recently learned how to wake surf at the age of 51. And I just, I have to know more about this. I think that's such an impressive accomplishment, but I'm really curious why it, at age 51 did you decide to take that on? <laughs> yeah. So so now I'm really regretting opening up to you and, and sharing those uh, <laughs> deepest, darkest uh, inner secrets. I think your question was something like, tell us something unique about yourself. And you had sent that email to me just as I had wrapped up a little uh, getaway with some friends that we do. We try to do it every year. We miss some years, but we go down to Lake Powell Mm -hmm. uh, with a couple other friends and our families. And we have kids that are similar age. And we've actually met all through work uh, years and years and years ago. And none of us are working at the same place anymore, but we're we're still connected. And as we went down to Lake Powell uh, this year and we got everything kind of set up the first night we were there, one of the families bought a little surfboat and they took a couple of my daughters out and and a few other kids. And when they kind of got back from the evening, my daughter was like, yeah, you, this uh, wake surfing is the greatest thing ever. And I grew up, I grew up boating. I grew up, uh, my, my grandfather had a boat and uh, we'd go up to Bear Lake, which is just over the mountain there from Utah State every summer. And then later on in life, my, my dad ended up having a little boat. And I love you know, being on the lake and, and water skiing. And that's kind of my generational thing, I guess, was water skiing. And then wakeboarding was a big deal. And I, I dabbled a little bit in it, but not too much. And uh, so then I'm sitting on this uh, boat, like the the day after my daughter has gone out and had this amazing experience uh, wake surfing. And, you know, she says, uh, dad, you got to give this a try. And, and what's so amazing about you asking this question, and, and I wasn't even connecting these dots at all. You had talked, you and I, a little bit about this idea of head trash and well, I'm mm-hmm. sure get into that. But as I'm sitting in that boat, I'm thinking to myself, it would really be easy just to say, no, I'm good. Like I, you know, I was enjoying <laughs> myself. It was a beautiful sunny day down at Lake pal. I was dry and that was fine. I didn't, you know, necessarily need to be jumping in the lake. And then not only that, if like I really was digging into the reasons why I wouldn't want to do it. Really the biggest reason to me, which was just silly at 51 was I think everybody in that boat had wake surfed multiple times and was either really good or at least fairly proficient. Sure. The idea of, the idea of like jumping in the water and having these whatever seven, eight people watch you try something for the first time is just and, and terrifying. It's, yeah, it's hilarious <laughs> because I don't know why it's like, again, I'm 51 years old. I shouldn't care about these things anymore. <laughs> and these are like great friends. These are like strangers, you know, but luckily I thought it's so beautiful and probably jumping in the lake felt like it might be a little refreshing. And, and so I did. And, and it was just, you know, it was so fun and it was new and it was, I'll say hard in the big scheme of things, not extremely hard, but it was sure. you trying for the first time, right? Like it's, you're, it's you're, tough, you're, yeah. Yeah, you're figuring out the, your body movements and your mind is racing so fast and everything's going a thousand miles an hour. 
my big success was I think the last night we were there, I was actually able to let go of the rope and kind of stay behind the boat for, I don't know, maybe like 30 seconds without holding on to the oh, rope. Oh, that's thought, great. <laughs> so, so proud of myself. But, um, but you know, the, the bigger thing was it was just really fun to kind of push yourself out of the comfort zone. It turns out that the people in the boat were so encouraging. And of course they were. I mean, that's just who they are. They made me better at having this opportunity to try something new and to kind of push myself outside of my comfort zone. I mean, really, I think when we get into this idea of head trash, that's really a significant portion of what causes so much, you know, head trash in all of us is we just get comfortable with where we are in life and who we are, our perception of who we are and what we can do and what we can't do. And there's so many different examples of, you know, how you can break through those things. And, you know, the reality is, as we left that week from Lake Powell, I had a hundred great memories from playing card games to just relaxing and, you know, laughing and catching up with friends and, and family and watching my daughters learn how to do things like surf and wakeboard and, and ski and the laughter of just being out there doing the ultimate social distancing. It was, uh, <laughs> but, but one of my big takeaways is I did something that I really had never done before. And it's just incredibly, there's just something about that. I think human nature craves that as oddly as that seems. I think we do crave it. And yet there's another part of our human nature that so adamantly wants to stop us from, you know, kind of pushing these boundaries. So definitely. Well, and Brad, I think this is a great segue into just like you said, what we're going to be talking more about this month's theme. We're really focusing on broadening our career horizons. And I think a crucial aspect of that is getting out of our own way. And so I know you have this this passion for talking about head trash. And I really want to dive deeper into that concept and specifically how it relates to career and professional development. So maybe to get us kind of rolling here, Brad, how would you define head trash for those people listening who maybe aren't familiar with that? Yeah, for a great question. I don't know who invented the word. Oddly enough, a while ago, I Googled it. I think there's actually a few books written about it. And I love to read books. At some point, I'm probably going to order one of these and read them. But I first <laughs> heard this concept verbalized as head trash from a friend and a mentor of mine. His name's Phil Mydlack. And I just, when he first said it, I, I don't remember the context. I think he was talking, I had him working with one of our up and coming managers at, at Go Engineer at the time. And Phil was explaining to me, you know, how much potential this individual had, but really how he was just kind of working through some of that and, and he just said it, he just rolled off his tongue, head trash. And I, I laughed and he, he kind of stopped. And I said, that is such a fantastic word because, <laughs> because again, I, I hadn't heard it before, but I knew exactly what he meant. And maybe I knew exactly what he meant because I had lived with his voice in my head my whole life that is constantly telling me why I shouldn't or can't do something. And, you know, for a while I thought, I don't think I realized that that voice exists in everybody. I, I have yet to meet a person that when we have this conversation, they don't admit to me, oh yeah, yeah, I, I I totally know what that and, and these, you know, these are very, very successful people in every way that you can define success. And I struggle. In fact, I have an opportunity a few times a year to go up and speak at Utah State. Mm -hmm. And, and I, one of the things that I try to really make sure people understand is when I'm talking about success, I am so not talking about monetary a bank account that defines success. It, it's being happy, being, uh, you know, feeling like you're making an impact, being good at what you do, those types of things. And from all walks of life, as I've come across individuals, the most successful people in all those definitions have admitted to me, yeah, I've got that little nagging voice in my in my head that's kind of telling me, ooh, you may not want to do that. That's going to be scary, it, you know, whatever. And that's, to me, that's head trash. It's all that inner voice that's going on in your head. And if you pay attention to it, I think most of us would be almost a little bit ashamed. Ashamed is the wrong word. But we'd, we'd probably take them back if we documented how much that's happening. Like if we really stopped and said, okay, I'm going to really be conscious and intentional about thinking about how many times I'm negatively talking to myself 
myself. And I think that's a whole other thing that we can kind of work on as individuals. But but that's what it is. It's that voice in your head. Right. I think that's a great explanation. And, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, okay, what are some examples? And maybe off the top of your head, can you think of maybe personal examples or maybe, you know, your kids or friends or family where you notice it and you said, oh my gosh, that's head trash. Can you give an example? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, we can go back to my little uh, wake surfing one is like just maybe an easy, almost silly because it's not that bad. But again, as I was kind of going through that moment on the boat, if you guys have ever people who are listening, I think everybody's been in that experience where all of a sudden they can try something new or they can't. Whatever it is. And it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be on a boat, doesn't have to be anything athletic. And you have that moment of, am I really going to push beyond or am I just going to take like the easy, comfortable way out? And usually what happens, our mind so quickly starts to kind of analyze all the pros and cons. To me, the, the biggest con of everything, it wasn't that I was afraid of getting hurt. It wasn't even, I was afraid that I couldn't do it. I knew I'd be able to figure it out. I'd been on the water like my whole life. But this idea of out in front of all these people, including a couple of my daughters who are now better than me at doing something, and that's really hard to <laughs> Um, and it's it's pure silliness. Certainly when I had my first big break professionally, uh, so I, I was so fortunate. I, I, you, you hit on that I graduated with a degree from out of finance for Utah, from Utah State University. And the backstory there was I was this kid in high school that I loved life. I, had, I was so fortunate. I had great friends, but I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't get really that concerned about it until kind of midway through my senior year um, or maybe even a little later in my senior year of high school. And me and a couple of friends are uh, having a little campfire up the canyon near where I grew up. And we're kind of having this discussion about, you know, hey, we're going to go to school and what are we going to, you know, what are we going to do and what what are we passionate about? And after hearing a bunch of my friends talk about these, in my mind, really clear plans for kind of what they want to do and then realizing I have no idea what I want to do. And this is a little, you know, it's a little embarrassing. It's a little scary. Is there something wrong with me? How come I'm a senior in high school and I don't have life figured out? And again, as I talk about that now, it's like, oh my gosh, of course, course it of course you don't but at, at the time i really did kind of convince myself my head trash was dude you're the only one who doesn't have this all figured out what's wrong with you so then i figured i'll be okay i'll, I'll go to utah state certainly that freshman year i'm going to have my aha moment where suddenly my passion is going to be revealed to me and everything's just going to work out and had an awesome freshman year it was fantastic met some lifelong friends that i'm friends with to this day had some incredible professors and learned so much but still nothing and so it was just kind of every year i kept waiting for that aha moment. And finally, I got to the point where I had to declare a major, sat down with a really great guidance counselor. And she helped me kind of just whittle down to this almost like process of elimination. Hey, you know, maybe a degree in finance, because I don't know what I want to do. Maybe if I understand how money works in business, maybe that's broad enough that that will, you know, help me. So from there, I got really, really fortunate, ended up with a job as uh, an assistant to a a CFO for just a small little nonprofit uh, company up there in Cash Valley. And I had my first kind of aha moment of, oh my goodness, I have an opportunity to really kind of make a career out of this because the CFO at the time, who was an amazing mentor to me, her name was Valerie Lofthouse. And she, man, I learned more from Valerie like in the first six months of working with her than I did, you know, four years. And, and that's not a, like, Utah State was awesome. I'm not, you know, but For sure. <laughs> real life experience. And she was always so thoughtful about explaining to me 
how things worked. And she had had years and years and years of experience, had been CFO at multiple different companies. And, and so when she retired, I had the opportunity of interviewing for that job. And here I was, a particular company, the board of directors were responsible for hiring the CFO. And so you had to interview with the board of directors. And I remember kind of sitting outside of that boardroom. And for the first time in my life, really appreciating what it means to be worried sick. You, you hear this thing, like, I'm worried sick. And I'd heard that, like, you know, people talk about that all the time. I never knew what it meant until I was sitting there outside the boardroom with like a stomach ache because I was so worried about this interview that I was going into. I felt so ill prepared. And I, you know, in my mind, the big thing was you're too young. You're too young. You're too young. You're too young. I watched some of the other candidates, you know, walk into that interview and they were 20 years older than I was, which ironically is now younger than I am now. But at the time, like they were really old people. And so there was really almost this moment of sitting out there going, why am I even doing this? This is ridiculous. I'm, you know, I'm not going to get this job. And I ended up getting the job. Um, and it was, you know, amazing. And I had, again, great support from people who were around me, including Valdi, who, who stuck around in a kind of a consultant role and really helped me navigate probably for the next year or so. That's just one of a thousand examples of times in my life where there's been that moment of like, oh, yeah, this is too much. I can't do this. This is kind of beyond what I'm able to do. And, you know, there is no doubt that there are times and examples where I gave into that voice way more than I care to admit. The sad part is it's almost, oh my gosh, how many missed opportunities. Now, listen, I think it's impossible to not, I don't know anybody that occasionally doesn't give into that voice. I think what you're trying to figure out in life is how can you really push through and get better and better at pushing that voice away? And I have a, I have a you know, a fantastic friend of mine who has a great term that he's, he calls directional goodness, right? And so short of trying to be perfect in everything that you do, whether it's professionally or personally, stop that because that's going to drive you nuts, uh, probably drive people around you nuts as well. But if you can have this, if you can have this directional goodness, you're just getting better, incrementally better every single day at what you are, who you are, the type of person you want to be. Imagine what that does after three months, six months, a year, two years, like that directional goodness. I'm a big believer that that applies to this kind of pushing the head trash away. Like, in other words, it's kind of, I think, faulty thinking to think, oh, you're going to get to the point where you never have that voice that's in your head kind of, you, you're probably, I still have it, but you, you get better at talking back to that voice and not letting it control the situation. I love that, Brad. And I think so many people can relate, especially to that example of sitting in the interview waiting room going, oh my goodness, can I do this? And like you say, then you see everybody walking in and you're like, oh my gosh, and that head trash just kicks in. And anyways, I can personally relate with that. So I think that's a great example. Brad, I've been thinking you've been such a successful businessman. You know, you helped in this amazing startup. You've had lots of really high up positions and you started your own business doing consulting on the side. And I'm curious, what examples of opportunity have you seen as a direct result of overcoming head trash or maybe just in part? Yeah, no, that's a really, really good question. We'll take the example. Uh, just over two years ago, I stepped away from my career at Go Engineer, which was really a difficult decision for me, partially because it was like family to me. It had been such an amazing experience of starting something back in 1997 with a small group of, I think there were you know seven or eight of us and going through all the ups and downs over the years. And it's so interesting to look back and you it's easy to say, oh, look at the success that we had. And certainly we did generate some really amazing success. Looking back, it's easier to talk about it in those terms in the moment. It seemed like a kind of a grind all the time, right? It kind of seemed like, oh my gosh, is this, you know, you were always kind of hoping that the new ideas you were going to bring to the company were going to work. And sometimes they did. And so there was lots of pain in growth along the way, but it was just, it was so fulfilling. But I, in the back of my mind, I always knew that I kind of had this, I shouldn't say always, I was still in my forties and I was kind of telling people I'm kind of accidentally like a CEO 
CEO of a company wasn't <laughs> my purpose. And I know people who do set up 20 and like, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to be, and I love those people. People like that amaze me. It's like a superpower that I can't even almost understand that they have, but that, that wasn't who I was. Once I had an opportunity to work with a couple of mentors and business uh, consultants who really kind of inspired me to think about success separate from you know, something that was financial or just looking at your own kind of, uh, hey, what, what's my title? But really looking at it more holistically, like, you know, what's really the best part of life is is just surrounding yourself with uh, opportunities for success, success for other people, seeing other people achieve. Like, I would say that that might be the most fulfilling thing that you can experience, even as oddly as it seems, maybe more fulfilling than your own success. And so in the back of my mind, I was kind of in, in kind of my mid forties, I was kicking around this idea. Hey, at some point I want to try this kind of, you know, consulting uh, deal. And so I, you know, I created a little bit of a strategy of, okay, these are the thing, this is when I think I might be ready to do it. Again, most of it at that point wasn't the negative head trash of, oh, you can't do it. At this point, when it was still kind of conceptual and brainstorming in my own mind, it was more just, all right, let's be thoughtful about this. Let's be intentional about making sure that you do things in an order that makes sense for yourself, for those that you work with at Go Engineer, for my own family, right? I have an amazing wife and five daughters and two grandsons and thinking of them and, and just wanting to make sure I didn't go off and do some crazy half-baked thing, right? And, <laughs> sure. uh, but then as I got closer to, I had kind of my checklist. Okay, when this is in place and this is ready, and you know, it included some things personally, it included some things at work that I wanted to make sure that the transition there could be really, really uh, smooth that I accomplished a few things that I wanted to accomplish while I was still there at uh, Echo Engineer. All those things started to kind of come to pass. And then I had a little bit of, of what, again, this head trash of, dude, what are you doing? Like you have an amazing <laughs> career. You're, you're, you know, you're 22 years into this and could realistically do this until you retire. Again, it's not a bad job. It's in fact, it's a great job, but there was just that something in me that was like, I really, man, I really want to try this other thing. And so there was this idea of like really sitting down with myself and saying, look, yeah, this is going to be a little bit scary, but that's exciting. That's what in some weird way, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to do it, right? Like to really push myself and kind of push beyond the things that I was comfortable with. I think that was great. And, and really what, at least what hit home for me is, you know, you mentioned that all along the way, there were moments. It wasn't just that there was one moment yes. where you're like, I can't do it. There were several moments where it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I can do it. And so I think sometimes we can recognize those really hard no's in, in our head, but it's harder to hear those, mm, I'm not sure or probably not, you know, those answers. Yeah. I think that's great. Brad, if we had to sum it up, if, if you had one piece of crucial advice that you would give to the audience about broadening their career horizons, you know, whether they're 20 and they're just starting to explore their careers, maybe they're 45 and, and they're kind of set in a career that they don't love. But what kind of advice would you give to anyone really about broadening their career horizons? Yeah, that's a, that's a great. So maybe I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to give you one and then I'm going to hurry it and make two others out of it. See, see how I work on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the one thing is, and it, it sounds really, really weird, but again, I, I think kudos to Nike. I think they crushed it years and years ago with their little tagline of just do it. Because if you think about how much in life is just doing it, just show up. It sounds cliche and, you know, whatever, but whatever you're thinking about, gee, I want to try this, whether it's something with your career or, you know, and it's funny, you, you had mentioned... Uh, earlier in our conversation, this idea of growing professionally or growing your career. Oddly enough, I don't know any way to do
do that better than growing yourself as a person. And that sometimes gets like convoluted. We talk in terms of, I want to rise up the, the corporate ladder at work or whatever. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you try to do that without really growing yourself as an individual, completely independent of your work, I've never really seen a sustainable path of that being effective. And so you really kind of have to start with who you are and how do you treat yourself and how do you treat others and how do you approach problems and opportunities and how do you react under stress? All of these things personally, completely outside of work, you know, you start working on those things. Just do it. If you're thinking about broadening your horizons, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I really want to kind of push myself, do, just do it. I know that sounds really, really weird, but it's happening around you all the time. The difference between people who are successful, and again, please, let's for a minute, put away the idea that successful is a monetary thing, just successful in that they're happy and they feel like they're contributing to society and to life. And the difference between those people and the people who maybe feel more stuck and gee, I'm not having that impact is just the difference between doing it and not doing it. The failure exists across the board. So everybody ends up failing at stuff. The most successful people I know have some of the biggest failures or most failures in their lives, but it just doesn't stop them. Like they're okay. Yep. I learned something from that. Now I'm off and running. So there's, there's that part. Improve yourself as an individual. Think about that. You should know the things that you need to work on as an individual. And if you don't, if you're sitting there listening to this thinking, no, I think I've got it all figured out. I would suggest you could go ask those who are close to you, really good friends who are going to be candid with you or family members, people who've been around you and just say, Hey, I want to work on something personally. Your recommendations is something I can work on. And if you give them that permission, they'll share that with you. Oddly enough, there's another really cool thing you can do in that same way. If you don't know what you're good at, which is kind of what my core issue was when I was in high school. Again, I don't want to paint this picture that I enjoyed life. I felt like I was a confident person. I just couldn't identify the skill set that was going to drive my career. And having an opportunity to talk to these same people about, hey, what am I good at? Like, what, what would you recommend that I, you know, pursue? Sometimes those around us, our loved ones have a great perspective on who we are and how we can grow ourselves. So then there's that part, then the other part. So look how magically I turned your one thing into three. So surround yourself with great people. And as weird as that sounds, the hard part about really thinking about what that means is admitting that sometimes we surround ourselves with not great people. And that's, that's kind of a tough thing to talk about, right? There are people in our lives, and if you pay attention, you will know the difference between people that are adding to and encouraging you and building you, and you actually get energy off of being around them versus people who do the exact opposite. They tear you down. They're taking energy away from you. And, and there's a whole other thing. I'm not suggesting that you completely cut off all relationship. There's sometimes maybe a reason why you have those people. Maybe it's family and you can't really choose families. If you're intentional about it, you can actually surround yourself with so many great people in life. Open yourself up to that idea of just surrounding yourself with great people and then use those people as mentors and bounce ideas off them. And again, if you want to know one of like the biggest hacks of successful people, they're constantly asking other people, hey, what did you do to accomplish this? Or what would your recommendation be for me to do this thing or that thing? They do this all the time. So don't let that head trash stop you from saying, well, I don't know the answer. Go find somebody who can help you find that answer. And there are tons of people out there who will love to help you be more successful. I love that you kind of start with just taking action. I think sometimes that's the hardest step yeah. is just trying something new. And, you know, really, the, like you said, the worst thing that can happen is you fail. And literally everybody has failed many times. That's just one obstacle. And, and I also love this idea of really surrounding yourself with one, people that care about you and two, people that know you and, and can offer some good insights. I think that's such a valuable thing. As you grow professionally, you have the opportunity to meet more and more people. So I think that's great advice. Well, Brad, we are just about out of time here. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Your energy and enthusiasm, it's contagious. And, and I know students and alumni will really benefit from what you've shared today. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please remember to join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of broadening your career horizons. 